Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Sask Ag Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sask Ag Today. It's brought to you by Mendeco. Talk to your Mendeco dealer or visit Mendeco.com to learn more about Mendeco land rollers and tillage equipment. Also brought to you by the UFA Cooperative, now open in Yorkton and Weyburn. UFA is the exclusive distributor of Diesel X Gold premium fuel that improves power and saves you money. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today is the third and final day of Ag in Motion here near Langham, Saskatchewan. Got another product launch, uh, courtesy of Honeybee Manufacturing, as well as some numbers from show director Rob O'Connor about the attendance for day two yesterday. Elsewhere, today's Saskatchewan crop report is out. We'll have a look at that. And the farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Sask Ag Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. Today is the finale of this year's Ag in Motion near Langham, Saskatchewan, just northwest of Saskatoon. It's a beautiful day today and a warm one as well. Show Director Rob O'Connor says attendance the last two days has been good. So yesterday was a really strong day. Uh, we ended up with 13,084 people came through the gates yesterday. There was about 9,800 and change on day one. So that, put us, that puts us slightly ahead of 2019's number by about five or 600. So um, feel really good about how yesterday and, and even the day with, that we had the rain, how it worked out for everybody who exhibits here. Um, so our 2019 was 12,000. 600 give or take so we're 470 i think it's 477 ahead of that single best day that we had in 2019. he says typically tuesdays and wednesdays have the highest attendance numbers the weather has been good this time around well you know that's pretty nice um not having to worry about 36 degrees celsius weather uh we haven't seen any of the heat related incidents that we've seen in the past on days like that so from our trans care rescue uh support that we we bring into the show um they, they've been able to relax a little more a record 580 exhibitors are at ag in motion all kinds of agriculture companies big and small from what he's heard, the feeling of many exhibitors at the show has been optimistic. Even the, when we had rain on the Tuesday of the show, it was very upbeat. And, you know, there's lots of people who expect that that type of day is not good for a trade show, which is probably true, except in the agriculture trade show world. Like our sister show in Woodstock, Ontario, they generally get rain on at least one day of the show, and those days are always well attended too. So. 
even though there's some skeptics about how weather challenges this outdoor event in agriculture farmers they're used to the elements and i don't think that scares them off so again i think just the optimism and the adrenaline that i'm feeling here right now from the farming community and from our exhibitors is is, is fantastic O'Connor encourages people who haven't come out already to check out today's activities. I think, uh, you know, there's the morning mingle livestock and forage innovations uh, brunch today that's happening in the livestock area. And we'll have some uh, livestock-oriented ag tech companies doing a, what we're calling a pitch, but it's really uh, an opportunity for them to tell livestock farmers some of the new concepts that they want to bring to market and they're looking for the feedback from those livestock farmers and ranchers to to let them know are they going down the right path i think again the demonstrations here at the show are very popular and the uh, high speed tillage demo which we held off till two o'clock yesterday uh, it'll be happening this morning and, and that's one thing that we're very excited because we've never done high true high speed tillage demonstrations here where they get to actually operate for about a thousand feet in that, that demonstration instead of just a few hundred feet and then of course we still have the off the beat uh, research tour so the discovery farm where we do our demonstration and research projects there's about 14 of them uh, people are invited to get on the people movers later on today both in the morning and the afternoon to uh, jump on the people mover and go out there and see what we're doing and what our partners are doing out there again today is the last day of this year's egg in motion northwest of saskatoon back with saskag today with ryan young on 620 ckrm this segment of Saskag today is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch. For Prairie 6-inch eaves trough, size matters. See Prairie 6-inch eaves trough, your farm shop specialist. PrairieEavesTrough.ca Honeybee Manufacturing made a product announcement at Ag in Motion today, or rather yesterday, alongside Case IH, and announced today as well. Spencer Groth, Marketing Manager with Honeybee, says they introduced a pair of attachments for Case IH. Yeah, so we have a draper header um, that we're manufacturing to go on Case IH's new power unit. Um, that's one new thing that's at the show today. The other new piece is our Airflex NXT draper header, so we've kind of got two things going on this week, actually. He went into a little more detail about its advantages. If you think back eight years ago, Honeybee released our original Airflex header into the marketplace and it came with a novel concept and that novel concept was an independently suspended cutter bar, a pneumatically controlled uh, flex system and an all-mechanical drive. So what we've done with the Airflex NXT is we've more or less built a new header around those original fundamentals because the fundamentals work but we've got new features and kind of a new machine design that go around that original original design it's part of an oem or original equipment manufacturer agreement we're fairly we're fairly familiar with these OEM agreements. We have worked with Case in the past and we work with John Deere as well. Um, so we've got a really good working relationship there on several levels. And um, I think they just recognize good iron when they see it. He says they're available now. We are taking orders for them. Um, so they, they started going on sale June 21st. Just with the way the economy is right now, the order bank is filling up fairly quickly, so most people are having to pre-order for the 2024 harvest season.
He didn't get into the exact cost, but did say that they are competitively priced. Elsewhere, the province says another warm week has helped Saskatchewan crops maintain a rapid rate of development as 71% of the province's first cut of hay has been baled or preserved as silage. The latest crop report says while there was some rain, warm weather caused another decrease in topsoil moisture and drought conditions in the southwest and west-central regions were not abated. Cropland topsoil moisture is rated as 15% adequate. 57% short and 28% very short. Hay and pasture land topsoil moisture is 12% adequate, 50% short and 38% very short. 61% of fall cereals and 58% of oil seeds are at normal stages of development for this time of the year. Pulses have advanced slightly and are now 35% ahead of normal stages of development while 61% are at normal stages. Crop damage this past week is mostly due to dry conditions and grasshoppers, and there are also a few reports of disease. Producers are encouraged to look at their economic thresholds while scouting for grasshoppers. You're listening to Saskag Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. Now with today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94, brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. The union representing about 7,400 port workers in B.C. withdrew plans to resume their strike this weekend as the federal government weighs its options to resolve the labor dispute that has threatened supply chains across the country. The International Longshore and Warehouse Union Canada said in a statement last night that it had removed the 72-hour strike notice it issued earlier, but gave no reasons or details behind the decision. Meanwhile, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau stepped up Ottawa's response to B.C. ports, potentially shutting down again, convening an incident response group meeting and asking ministers and senior officials to pursue all available options. Trudeau also spoke with B.C. Premier David Eby about the labour dispute between the union and the B.C. Maritime Employers Association and agreed on the need to ensure the stability of national supply chains. The union initially relaunched its strike on Tuesday after announcing its caucus had rejected a tentative deal reached last week but removed picket lines and returned to work after the Canadian Industrial Relations Board ruled the workers needed to give 72-hour notice for the strike to be legal. Sporadic rainfall across the prairies has not been enough to stop canola's upward momentum during the weekend and yesterday, while a pair of other factors are fueling the oilseeds rise. David Derwin, an analyst at PI Financial in Winnipeg, says while canola fields in southern Manitoba are looking golden and healthy, looks can be deceiving. He says there are still a lot of dry patches and a lot of concern for what yields are looking like. But having said that, a lot of people are saying everything is looking really good. Derwin says the weather is what seems to be dominating the stories recently. Canola was also benefiting from carryover from United States soybean futures. While canola is king of the Canadian oilseed market, the same can be said of soybeans in the United States. However, the big pulse crop south of the border has made inroads in the western provinces. 
Manitoba has seen the biggest growth in soybean acres, with well over a million planted annually in recent years, becoming the third largest crop after canola and wheat. Growth has been far less dramatic in Alberta and Saskatchewan. Justine Cornelson, agronomic and regulatory service manager with Brett Young Seeds, says one of the biggest barriers for growth for the crop is the length of the growing season. She says through genetics and selective breeding, soybeans are becoming more favorable for growing conditions here in Canada. Cornelson says there are some shorter season varieties that are on the market now. In international news, Russia has warned that from today, any ship sailing to Ukraine's Black Sea ports would be seen as potentially carrying military cargoes as Kyiv accused Moscow of carrying out hellish overnight strikes that damaged grain export infrastructure. Russia attacked the Odessa region for the second consecutive night after quitting a year-old deal allowing the safe passage of Ukrainian grain through the Black Sea, a decision that prompted the United Nations to warn it risked creating hunger around the world. Ukraine, which wants to try to continue Black Sea grain shipments vital to global food supplies, says it's setting up a temporary shipping route via Romania. Ukraine's Prosecutor General's office said 10 civilians, including a nine-year-old boy, were wounded. Grain terminals were damaged as well as an industrial facility, warehouses, shopping malls, residential and administrative buildings, and cars. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your agri-weather forecast on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary. Visit moosejawtruckshop.com. For today, sunshine near noon, then partly cloudy and a 30% chance of showers late this afternoon and a risk of a thunderstorm, high of 26 degrees. Tonight, partly cloudy, another 30% chance of showers early in the evening and a risk of a thunderstorm. Also, some hazy skies and a low of 9. Tomorrow, mainly sunny with winds from the northwest at 20 kilometers an hour in the afternoon. High of 28, the low 12. Saturday sunny, high of 31 degrees, the low 15. Sunday sunny, high of 32, low 18. Monday sunshine, staying in the 30s for the high of 32 specifically, low of 18. Tuesday sunshine, high of 31, a low of 15. And Wednesday sunny, high of 28 degrees. Normal highs for this period are around 26, normal lows 11. Sun rose at 510 this morning and the sun will set at 8.59 tonight. Taking a look around the province in Estevan and Yorkton, Saskatoon and Weyburn, those communities are at 23, Swift Current 22. Hot spot in Saskatchewan is in Collins Bay at 25, cool spot in Spiritwood at 15. In Regina, mostly cloudy, winds from the west at 9 kilometers an hour, humidity at 54%, temperature at 23 degrees or 74 Fahrenheit, Barometric pressure at 102.4 and rising. In Moose Jaw, partly cloudy, west wind at 15, temperature 24 degrees. Again in Regina, mostly cloudy, west wind at 9, temperature 23 degrees. Back in a moment. 
You're tuned to Saskag Today on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. Water is essential on the farm, and one Saskatchewan company is helping farmers ensure the best quality possible. Brian Tennant is the president of Farm Fresh Water, a company that sells a system that can convert surface groundwater from a dugout into safe, clean, potable water without the use of chemicals. Tennant says the journey has been more than 20 years in the making, as he had to deal with the challenge of having clean water at his rural home. I uh, was a plumber when I was younger, and I started uh, farming when I was 25 years old, and we had a farm for about 20 years, and uh, sold that farm and bought another farm that had a really nasty dugout. Our first farm was a well, so it wasn't so bad, but the second farm we bought had a dugout in an alkali slough, and I wanted to buy that property because it was a nice house, it was nicely treed, it was close to the golf course, it was close to town, and just a really nice place to live. But the water was terrible. The cows had been in the dugout. It's all white around the dugout. It was an alkali slough. And my wife did not want me to buy that property. She's from a farm. She says, I know what that dugout's like. And I said, well, I really want to buy it because everything else about it was really good. So we put in, I, I actually put on a piece of paper when I bought the property, I put five goals that I would do to create good water. And that was 20 years ago. And the first one was I wasn't going to haul water. There was no economics in hauling water. The second one was I wanted to not use any chlorine or any chemicals at all in the process. If I wasn't successful, I would have used chlorine because it's what we used in the past. It works. It's not perfect. There's a lot of issues, negative issues to using chlorine and positive issues. So the other thing about the chlorine is I actually didn't want to use any chemicals and the third one was I wanted the least amount of maintenance possible in the system. So everything we've done to design it, because I designed this for myself, I didn't design it to solve everybody else's dugout problem, I, I this was my own solution and it took me six years. The other one was we wanted uh, to spot free water. We wanted as little maintenance as possible, we wanted spot free water. So when we had our dishes come out of the dishwasher, I wanted them shining or washing my tractor or whatever. I wanted it spot free. And the last one was I wanted to be able to drink the water. So that was a pretty big thing list I put down and, and it was trial failure, trial failure. And because I lived there, it was easy to figure out when I didn't get it right. My wife let me know right away. If it wasn't right, we knew. And a lot of water companies in, in the world would say, well, what Brian does doesn't work because they've all tried it. And the biggest thing that, that I did different is I lived there. Uh, if it didn't work, I woke up in the middle of the night and I went back down and, and scratched my head and figured it out. And I did. We got we nailed it. We have lots of systems out there. We'll take a system back if it won't work. We have not taken a system back yet. They, they all work. And I met all those criteria. And the, I think the biggest one that sets us apart is the maintenance. Like we did absolutely everything we can to not have to maintain the product, to not have to go downstairs and change filters and, and add chemicals. We just made it as simple as possible. And the water quality is as good as possible out of a dugout. My grandbabies drink my water right from the 
dugout where the ducks do their swim around and do whatever else ducks do when they're out there and it's not a problem so if you have a chlorination system there's there's they just don't need to use that anymore i mean you can if you like it but i don't know who really wants to use a chlorine system now a couple of years ago i had a a neighbor who lived about 30 kilometers away he he drilled a well and he, he got some water and he thought great i got a well and you know it's twenty thousand dollars to drill a well great for six months he had water then it dried up and he had a dugout not very far away he would have saved so much money if he had just used the dugout water rather than spending the money on drilling the well and then not getting water after he called me and we went and looked at it we put the system in there his name's kelly kimball he's now a partner in the company he's a journeyman electrician and he's our main installer and he he's same thing he just when he put it in he went wow this is great like we got really better water than they had out of the well and for less money than than what you would originally had had you uh had to invest in a in a drilling the well he would have been far better just to use the dugout rather than taking the risk on punching a hole in the ground and the other issue you can punch a hole in the ground but you might get water that might be absolutely terrible so now you got to spend a whole bunch of money again so i suggest to people they call us before they dig a dugout or dig, dig a well or even dig a dugout like if you're going to dig a dugout talk to us we are the dugout specialists and that's what we do that's we live we live I, like I tell people, we're not city people trying to solve this problem. We we live it. That's Brian Tennant, president of Farm Fresh Water. We'll hear more about the feedback and how much it costs on tomorrow's show. You're listening to Saskag Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Brian Young. This segment of Saskag Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. We've got more today with Evan Davies, an associate director with the New Water Research Center at the University of Alberta. He says the point is to look at and find possible solutions to the many challenges related to water, including drought, which he says has been a real problem this year in some areas of Alberta. One of the things that we're interested in, in fact, is variability in the water cycle. And we expect that that variability will increase with more dry spells and more sort of extreme rainfall events with climate change. And so going into the future, we expect actually to see more of this type of variability in in the cycle. When you're doing something like that, I know it's good to look at causes and what essentially it does and everything, but is there ever a solution to something such as drought, or is that something that the center is going to potentially look at or try to find maybe some possible answers to? More storage is a good solution for agricultural drought. So if you have larger reservoirs with a larger volume, you can alleviate some of those drought impacts better. And from a flooding perspective, I'm sure a lot of people have heard about the developments around Calgary for developing some new reservoirs to protect the city of Calgary from significant flooding events as well. And like you said, because of so many weather changes and so many systems becoming more intense, maybe as the years go by, it's going to become even more important. That's what we expect. And also, if you look at Alberta, 
we have significant population growth and economic development, and both of those require more water as well. And so we have this interesting and potentially a little bit scary situation of requiring a lot more water at the time when we have less available to us. And so then we need to have good policies to allocate the amount of water that we have available and to deal with the variability as well. Do you look at other parts of the globe for inspiration, or is this going to be something that's just kind of a just a made in Alberta or a made in Canada situation? We're focusing on Alberta primarily. We're also interested in Canada in general, of course. But the way that academia works usually, the way research institutions work, is to look at research that's being done worldwide. And so we can learn a lot of lessons as well as providing lessons to other jurisdictions by looking at the kinds of work that's done in the U.S. Southwest, for example, which faces a lot of drought, looking at the situation in Australia or in the Middle East, and increasingly probably in places like India and China. That's Evan Davies, an associate director with the New Water Research Centre at the University of Alberta. We'll take a quick break here. We're here live at Ang and Motion, the third and final day for this year's event. Again, we'll be back right after this. Here's the market updates with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were up in early trading today. Durham is up $18.37 to $426 a metric ton. Canola is up $2.70 to $776.42. And number one red spring wheat is up $1.52 at $394.86. The rest were unchanged. Feed barley 335.61, chickpeas 1036.17, flax 501.98, lentils 702.50, oats 255.32, yellow peas 335.92, and feed wheat 270.97. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for September is up one and one quarter cents at eight dollars and ninety-eight and a half cents a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock 842-4574. Now the latest Livestock Quotes. Good afternoon. This is a Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report. A huge run this week. My favorite job at Heartland is short cows and sell cows. I've seen enough cows this week to do me for a couple of months. 840 cows and bulls, over 300 feeders, a total of 1,150 for the day. The cows were selling too lower, but our seven front row cow buyers held the market relatively steady. Good job to those gentlemen. They were kind enough to stay right to the end for us. D1, D2 cows, 140 to 150, sales to 158, 159, D3 cows, 130 to 140. Older type, weaker and thinner cows, 50 to 90. Cows are averaging 141. From that Calder area, 1,600-pound cows topped out at 160. Good bulls. They were steady this week, 150 to 160. Sales to 173, 174. Bulls are averaging 158. From that Rokenville area, 2,200-pound good exotic bulls topped out at 175. Onto the feeder market. 5 to 600-pound steers, 340 to 373. 6 to 7, 320 to 375. 7 to 800-pound steers, 280 to 330. On the heifer side, 5 to 600-pound heifers, 305 to 330. 6 to 7s, 285 to 308. 7 to 800-pound heifers, 230 to 280. And 8 to 900-pound heifers, 245 to 270. 
Highlight of the morning, we had some 700-pound steers. They topped out at 335. And a package of black heifers, 640 pounds, they topped out at 310. No sale next week, July the 19th. We are shut down for yard maintenance. Next sale, Wednesday, July the 26th. We also have some big strings of yearlings consigned and semi-loads of cows consigned already for that sale. If you've got cow cows close to home, probably a good idea to move some of them. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. Now the latest pork prices, they're at $241.24 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report brought to you by Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. There is no word from either the International Longshore and Warehouse Union Canada or the BC Maritime Employers Association about it and when they will return to bargaining. But for now, about 7,400 7, workers are on the job at BC Ports. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says he's pleased the union is reconsidering the offer worked out by a federal mediator who called the workers' decision yesterday to resume the strike unacceptable. Tesla is recalling close to 16,000 of its 2021 to 23 Model S and Model X vehicles because of a seatbelt issue. The company says some front row seatbelts may not have been reconnected after being repaired. Tesla says it, if the seatbelt isn't reconnected properly, it may not perform like it's supposed to in the event of a collision. As of June 19th, the company had identified 12 warranty claims related to the issue. It says it's not aware of any crashes, injuries, or deaths as a result of it. On the markets, the TSX is down 52 points at 20,438. The Dow is up 252 points to 35,313. Oil is up 37 cents at $75.66 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at 75.90 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's Saskag Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.